start voting in people who are not such fucking authoritarian Nazis. Hello and welcome to episode number 241 of Grumpy Old Ben's Wednesday, December 20th, 2023. I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of middle America, just outside of Chirac, where if you podcast all the time, nobody, nobody will ever bother you. And from America's left coast, where social media seems a lot less social than it used to be. I'm Ryan Bemrose. The whole am I just imagining that is a war? Yes. It's a war. I, I'm I'm not I'm not quite at the the Adam Curry fuck everything on no agenda social level yet, but I'm starting to see where he's coming from. I've now officially got my own personal trolls. <laughs> Wait, like you, you, I, you got the trolls I sent you while wow, early Christmas. Kid. No, no, I don't think you sent this one. Uh, I I have one in particular that I I made a throwaway comment and stepped into what I didn't realize was a a hornet's nest of backbiting and. Piss measuring on no agenda social, exactly the kind of thing that that Adam complains about, and I generally ignored. And I made a throwaway comment thinking it was funny, and probably suddenly was. the the guy I commented to has been like at least once a day is now just sniping at me and getting <laughs> like I, I and I don't. It turns out I don't block people. It's just not something I've ever done. And so I get to see all of these, but I'm sure as fuck not responding. <laughs> no. And that's it. It's like, it's not worth the time. The internet used to be a place for a brief moment in time that I think is long gone where you could find rational conversation more than you could find the trolling. Well, and you just- can find that if you find the right small community of people and you know no agenda was that way 10 years ago uh you can always find a community of people where that's true it hasn't been true of the general internet since it was a small community of people which hasn't been that way for 30 years well and it's because people don't like when somebody thinks something different than they do and the answer is well i'm gonna belittle you for having a different idea than I do. And it doesn't really work out because there's no way, no matter what kind of proof you can bring to the conversation and to the argument, they're never going to accept it anyway. I mean, you could have iron clad proof. No. Yes. But fortunately, and, and I actually posted this this morning, the most important thing that I ever learned about social media is that it doesn't hurt me to let an idiot go on believing idiotic things. That's true until they vote. Well, yes, but fortunately we know that votes don't mean anything. If, if you think voting counts, then you might also believe that Biden got 81 million of them. You might believe in the tooth fairy. Yeah. You might believe in Santa's. No, I just, I, I, I have exercised this for a long time. And that is if you make uh, an obnoxious 
comment designed to provoke and pointed at me. I'll respond only if I think I'm going to get something out of it. If if you're just like, if I don't see any for future direction for the conversation, you're not going to get a response. It's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get him, man. I'm going to show that Bemrose guy. Doesn't or actually work. what I really do is I, I get these responses and then I grouse about it on a podcast, but content. How, <laughs> how about that sports ball franchise? That must be more interesting than, than my woes with no agenda social. Well, I think what was more interesting in this age of Wagovi and Manjaro and all of these diet drugs, you have uncovered the secret. I, I have uncovered one of the secrets. Diet and exercise. How you about that? Wow. How come nobody's well, uncovered this ever before? No, nobody. Apparently this is uh well, this used to be well known, but it's, it's one of the many things that kind of, People just forget about because your society is is conditioning you not to do it. Okay, so the big change that I made, which we we're it's well documented on this show, is I started a new job that gets me lots and lots and lots of exercise. And along with that, a side effect I didn't really expect is that my diet has changed because I figured out that the best way to figure to determine what you should be eating is pay attention to the biological signals being provided by your body. And right. if you eat something and then four hours later, you feel terrible. Well, don't eat that. Right. <laughs> it's a simple so, thing. So when, when my body is under extreme physical stress because of the amount of exercise I've been getting, uh, I, I kind of started cutting out a lot of the random snack type things uh like almost everything in sugar gone i i don't even eat uh uh trail mix anymore because or not uh, not what not uh granola bar no but yeah those little bars those i mean those the, yeah the energy bars yeah um i don't do energy drinks i do i do water um occasionally salt tab if i need more ex- electrolytes but it's I, I just kind of overhauled the, you know, the amount of exercise I'm getting is much higher and then paying attention to my body. And I'm thinking, okay, so the, the heavy starches and grains and sugars really don't make me feel terrible. Like if I have, if I have breakfast with grains, cereal or something like that, then I want to puke after my first 25 <laughs> stops. Right. You don't want to so, move. So breakfast now is is either ham and ba- or bacon with eggs. Uh, I used to have it with a tortilla. Now I just do it in the cast iron, and uh, and of course you know get out and scrape the hell out of the cast iron afterward because I have not figured out how to make cast iron not stick. Right? Yeah, that's very eggs. hard. No matter how many pounds of butter you want to throw in there, it's not yeah. gonna not stick. Bacon fat, but yes, <laughs> it's, that works. I've not too. figured out how to make cast iron not stick to eggs. If somebody has the secret to that, let me know. Yeah, I cheat. But, I just use one of those nonstick pans and I'm sure it's leaching bad things right into the eggs. And those are probably ter- great too. Then yeah. again, my cast iron had been in storage for a year and a half, so I'm probably leaching rust into it, but whatever. I'll eat it. No, anyway, yeah, those, uh, the moral of that good. story is I, I've lost 35 pounds since I started this job. Woo! And, and I'm not trying to diet. I'm trying to get Survive. an income. It's just... <laughs> You're like, I'm just trying to survive. So, yeah, here I am. You um, are all my muscles hurt because I worked for the last four days. So, hey, you know, 
Wait, are a lot of people having things shipped this time of year? You would think yeah, the holidays. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird how that happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it, interesting thing to note, and I didn't realize this at the time. You know how most companies will do things like take Christmas Day and Christmas Eve off so you get two days in a row? It's just kind of standard. A lot of companies will. Right, because they want to give their employees a little thank you. Well, Christmas Eve is going to be one of the busiest days of the entire year, like on the on the order of Black Friday. And I worked Black Friday, too. We get Christmas Day and the day after Christmas off. Well, there you go, because less packages are coming out the day after Christmas. So no returning stuff the day after Christmas. It won't be picked up like, no, no, thank you. We do not do that. But yeah, Christmas Eve, my brother-in-law who works for UPS is working, but you know, they have a great deal because if you will work on Christmas Eve, he said they're paying quadruple time. Like now that's a pretty good deal. Get like a week's worth of work into one day. Uh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> We've there, there have been uh well, let's just say that at the, the top end of my company the the tempers are high i would not want to be on the leadership team right now there's a a weird balancing act where uh we're getting much higher package counts than usual and then so two two problems one is there's a, a set amount of time which is uh ultimately governed by the government the state that says thou shalt not work more than a certain number of hours on the road per day and then there's a a second one, which is uh, the company does not want packages to be taken out, driven around in a van and then returned. And yeah, that's it's weird when when you give us twice the number of packages as, as can be delivered in a in a normal day. And then they say. Oh, don't bring any back. Well, what are we supposed to do? Just leave them in a ditch. I mean, they're so, fine with that. probably. <laughs> I, the the customer should not be fine. You know, I am trying to do my best, but I am not going to kill myself for anybody, no matter how much I, anyway, we're, we're at that stage where every tempers are high and we're getting mixed messages from management, like finish your route, but also don't work more than 11 hours. Like, okay, then don't give us so damn many packages and we'll work on it. And don't break any speed laws. And oh yeah. Yeah. I've still got the camera following me around all the time. Don't run over anybody's pets. You know, all these things (laughs) they're very, very specific about. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the, yes, like the, the morning spiel that we get every time we get in the van is the, they'll say things, you know, a whole bunch of safety things like, uh, like make sure that you put your parking brake on at every stop, turn the engine off at every stop, make sure you're wearing your seatbelt. Actually, the nanny cam enforces that, uh, make sure, you know, one of the things that I actually got yelled at for was going from stop to stop with the door open. Well, the the stops are 30 feet apart. Hell yeah. I'm not, shutting that heavy ass door on the side of the van. You're like, I like a little breeze going through my hair. There are like 600 things they want to make sure that you do every single stop. And we're like, we're getting three to four minutes per stop. And you want me to spend 60 seconds of that. uh, Close the van door, turn off the engine, open the door, put on my seatbelt. You know, at some point, one of the drivers just fell right on the van. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, you know, the vans will take damage. If you, if you take a corner too much with the door open, I get that. But if I'm going 30 feet and all level ground, two different places in the same subdivision, I'm only moving three houses down. 
then the number of checklist requirements, like this is in conflict with let's try to get this stuff done. So of course, what you end up with is, is drivers who being told they're under time pressure are cutting corners where they can. And the people, the dispatchers are kind of turning a blind eye. Like, just don't admit to me what you're doing and we're good. And then we got the, the big speech from the people at the warehouse every time before we leave where the, they say, and make sure that you do this. Safety is our top priority. Safety is more important than delivering packages, but we'll fire you if you don't deliver enough packages. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be like, is that wink, wink, nudge, nudge? Safety is the most important because we have to tell you that. Well, or- they are pretty damn hardcore about safety uh, what they call safety. They're also hardcore about some really stupid shit that uh, like, like making certain your parking brake is engaged every stop when you're on level ground. Okay. Uh, but anyway, it's crazy. I don't want to think about it. I just thought about it for 47 hours over the last four days. And you're going to have another week of fun, but then it'll be like, yes, magic. I have, I have next week and then January happens and I'm told the package counts go down. I would think, I would think right after Christmas. And I know there are complaints. We had a great rage from somebody that works at a company very much like the one you work at that it works on the line where they put the packages in the boxes and all that kind of stuff. And she was like, well, all these people that order stuff every day. And I'm like, at this time of year, I kind of get it. Normal times of year, I would will back the concept that, you know, you could just order for like one delivery a week rather than every hour on the hour, go order something else. But when you're doing the holiday shopping, I've been guilty of that. It's like, oh no, I need to buy something for this guy. Okay. Put that in. Oh no, I I forgot. I need to buy something for another person. It's like, I get why there are people that are ordering from online sites every hour on the hour. You know, the funny thing is for those people who order multiple times a day, uh, my initial argument would be, well, you only get one delivery a day because that seems to be efficient. But, but the weird thing is the number of other Amazon, uh, other drivers that I have encountered yeah. out on the road that are delivering to the same house who just went out like an hour and a half after I did or before it apparently, you know, they're, they're rolling vans every single, uh, every hour of the day. And, and apparently if, if you order that were ordered at the same time, come from different drivers on the same yeah, day. It's, it, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. I've had, I've had people ask me, well, is this all of it? I'm like, well, that's all that's in my van, but there might be another van coming by in 20 minutes. Yeah. Just watch. They'll be here. Don't you worry. They can track us right here on the app. Yeah. Uh, some, some comments I was noticing in the troll room, uh, uh Billy bones says, uh, they're not cutting the right corners. Four minutes is forever. Uh, you know, if you're really good, you can do three minutes depending on how far apart they are. But let me just say, and I've described this app before, um, trying to do a stop a minute, it would be impossible. Even if I could, even if I didn't have to deal with the van, because the number of packages being delivered right now, the infrastructure that this stupid app connects to, it's freezing all the time. It's locking up it. You know, there's, there's 75 different buttons that you have to press for each stop. Like even, even when everything is working, you have to tap on the screen about 15 times 
per stop just for the various things that you have to do to you know tell it you're traveling tell it you're parking tell it you uh, you know scan the packages you have to tap over and over and over again and then you get there and you have to tap okay i've got the packages now i'm at the door uh now i want to take a picture and you have to tap three times to take the picture tell it yes i'm at the front door even though that's the default for almost everything right and my absolute favorite and by the way if you order like this i hate you is when two different people with two different accounts order from this or at the same household then i will get i i have had uh stops where they say well this is a stop you you'll stop the van once but there's four locations and four <laughs> locations where there's four houses near each other that's pretty normal you just stop the van and then you get out and you deliver it all four but sometimes it's four locations and you look and they're all the same address. Nice. You're like, you couldn't person. have possibly connected these. No, I have to get out and I grab all four packages and I take them all to the same front door. And then I have to pull the stupid phone out and click front door, take a picture, finish front door, take a picture, finish front door, take a picture, finish <laughs> multiple times because this app does not comprehend that. If I have four stops that are all exactly the same address, I'm going to just drop them in a pile at the front door and take a picture. Can we just do that once and give the picture to all four of them? Thanks. No. That makes sense. Yeah. But it's the, yeah, it's the technology and you're not the only ones. The dishwasher that we had installed, the guy had to have me initial on the phone, like five different things and then sign on the phone. It's like going through all this stuff. It is. It's the idiot checklist of. Uh, did we damage anything? Okay, click here. Did we do this? Okay, click here. Do we do this? Okay, click here. Like this yeah. is not and, efficient. And God help me if the requirement that I have to turn the engine off at every stop, God help me if I get a van with a battery that's not in top condition. <laughs> well, as long as your phone also has a battery that's not in top condition, you get to sit there for hours while they go, <laughs> where's, where's. There you know, there's a reason why, believe it or not, I violate my own rule. My personal phone does not stay home in the drawer. I have it with me on these things because I need a backup in case all my technology fails. Right. You don't want to be truck 49 like, out in the middle of it'll, nowhere. It'll stay in the bag and it'll stay turned off most of the time, but I want it to be nearby in case. It is interesting. The effect that all of this technology is having on things people have been doing for years. I mean, people have been delivering stuff for a lot longer than the internet's been around and somehow it worked and they didn't have to micromanage every little bit of it. And I don't even know why, because half the time the things aren't even right. And that doesn't matter what, how much, you know, steps, except I guess the, the photos are nice where you can then at least prove like, well, it must've been a porch pirate. Cause here's a picture of your front door with the package sitting next to it. But beyond that, I don't know. Yeah, I don't even know how many packages I've delivered to Porch Pirates. You're like, you never I, know. I, well, or somebody I, I honestly you. have no idea. Well, for one thing, I don't get to, I don't have a view on the complaints that come in. I, the complaints will make it as far as, as my dispatcher. And it apparently it, it hasn't got out of, it, it hasn't got out of hand yet because I haven't had my dispatcher come up to me, but I don't know. You know, I'll do what I can to try to put the package somewhere that's hidden a little bit. But if if your front door faces the street and you haven't so much as put a flower pot out there, then right. what am I supposed to do? 
And if somebody's following the truck, even if you have something, I have actually had it. people where that I think were following the truck. Uh huh. They're like, wait, this is a nice neighborhood. There might be something good being delivered. Yeah. It was like some car that came into the neighborhood right after me. It was just rolling real slow and then parked and was sitting there about a half a block away <laughs> looking at me while I did my first stop. And then I moved to my next stop in the neighborhood and he pulled up a little closer. I'm like, dudes, at least <laughs> let me leave before yeah. you steal all this shit or I have to report it. <laughs> Circle around. Come on. Do what professionals would do. Yeah. Make it look like you're Hare Krishna's or something. Stop acting like a cheesy FBI movie. Yeah. Yeah. That is though the, where we are with all of the insanity because everybody wants to know where their package is going to be. When Amazon started doing that, when the phone would buzz, I mean, granted, I'm sure I have notifications on and I should probably turn them off. But when you get the alert, your package is 10 stops away. Oh, you, you pay attention to those. I'm like, I, I, I see them usually long after the package has been picked off my front door because oh. I don't, <laughs> but it's like, what, what good is that? Because 10 stops away could be an hour. It could be 10 minutes. I don't know. It's like, I ten just stop, imagine 10 stops for me is usually about a half hour. I imagine everybody just rushing right over to their computer and watching the little map of the mythical delivery guy bringing their package. Yeah. Yes. And you're welcome for me not, you know, going up and yanking out all the wires for my nanny cam so that you know where I am. Exactly. We need to know. I mean, you should be able to stream. That would be the, you know, the funny thing is I, I, I almost feel bad for the people who pay close attention to the, your package is 10 stops away because I am one of those people where I will look through my itinerary and the stop order that they want me to go in Uh and go, this is inefficient. And I'll just start rearranging it so that I can uh, like less driving and combining stops and stuff like that. Then it comes through. You are now 20 stops away. You are now 30 stops away. Or uh, the people in the pain in the ass apartment complex where there's yeah, you know, three dozen fourth floor oversized package deliveries. And you're like, nope, not going to go there till the end of my day because I don't like that place. And so, and so somebody's sitting there going 10 stops away. Okay. It's been five hours. How right. come they're not here? It's because I decided I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> I bet you haven't been uh, putting a lot of Apple watches out there now. I honestly don't know. I don't know what's in most of them. Oh, you don't open them Although, up and look. Well, every once in a while, the usually the package is in just a generic brown box. Every once in a while, they'll just slap a label on some other packaging. Like yesterday, I delivered a four pack of toilet paper to a fourth floor <laughs> apartment. Wait, just like the toilet paper, then a label slapped on it. Not in a box. Yeah, it was just- like it was a plastic bag of toilet paper like you would find on the grocery store shelf. And they slapped a label on it and made me scan the label and carry it up four flights of stairs. I've noticed that happening more and more. The lack of packaging, especially with things like clothing and that, rather than throw it in a box. Well, that's now. because it's green. Uh-huh. Let's just put it. Well, I don't know. It's in plastic rather than cardboard as far as a box. So although I'm guessing it was, but would have been in plastic inside of the box anyway. So maybe that's the, the concept, but it is an oddity. I don't know if if they knew what I get up to inside that van, they'd start packing everything in big, thick layers of styrofoam, double pack, triple pack. You want it to be safe. 
And even but, things <laughs> that are packed really well, you can't guarantee anything. Let's just say that when when your algorithm determines routes based on things like how many cubic feet of storage space are inside of the van and then decides to fill it all up. Well, stuff is getting thrown around. Well, yeah, because you have to get to the stuff that you need. I mean, it makes sense. I would always I was would have wondered in the past, like if you're the largest item, how that even works for the people that, you know, order like exercise bikes and stuff from Amazon, not like I would ever do that or anything. Uh, a few weeks ago, I delivered what I'm pretty sure was a treadmill. Ooh, now that that takes some uh, muscles. Yeah. Some of these things are big. I, I don't think I've had a package over a hundred pounds, but I probably had some that were close. You're like tip the delivery guy. Be nice. Come and on. They have, they have these crappy little foldable dollies that go with the vans that for a package that big, I'm afraid the damn thing will collapse. So I usually <laughs> just pick it up and team lift it. You know, that would be bad. The dolly broke. Yeah. Now what? Then you got to go to the phone and the battery's dead and you can't get a hold of the mothership. Yeah. yeah the, the van battery's dead because I've been starting <laughs> and stopping it 120 times a day. And <laughs> there seems to be rife with things that could go wrong. Oh, yeah. Any mattresses? No, I, you know, I, I think that would be a difficulty. These vans are only so large. It's not like a big box truck. Well, you do have those, the mattresses that are like magically condensed. Those like Casper and the, the other foam ones that they just, they tie them up really tight. And then you open up the whole thing and it like a uh, life raft opening up. Be a good way to do it. They do have the the box truck like things, the ones with the the sliding side, like the UPS trucks that I could use if I wanted to take a special training. But yes. the problem is that they would just I, I'm not going to step up from the normal van size thing this time of year because they would just give me more packages. Of course. So you could deliver more. Obviously. So makes sense. how about uh, facial recognition? Ooh. Well, why don't we start with the Apple Watch story? Okay. Are they screwed? Does the Apple Watch do facial recognition? Probably soon. They're going to need to. They're going to need <laughs> to add something to it because the company that won the lawsuit here, well, and we're going to see if Joe Biden, Apple is waiting on Joe Biden to save them. I would have normally said, you know, you can't really rely oh my gosh. on a president to save you, but, you know, the Biden crime family seems to oh, take yeah, a lot yeah. of kickbacks. Save me, Joe Biden. You're my only hope. That's kind of where Apple is right now, because there's a company <laughs> that says they stole their technology for giving the blood oxygen readings. And I have absolutely no doubt. I Apple has either. a long history of stealing the technology they think is good and then wiping some polish on it, stamping the Apple brand on it and then charging twice as much as it should be. Well, the funny thing is, it seems like however many years ago, 10 years ago or so, they wanted to make a deal with this company. They were unable to do so. So it sounds like they poached like most of their employees that were working on the project. And thus now the technology that they're using is very similar, which, I mean, this goes down something that we have talked about for a long time when it comes to the copyright slash patents and how long these things should be good for and how long five years patents should even be allowed if they are things. And I don't know in this case, because nobody in journalism 
can get a story right right now and tech journalism seems to be even worse because beyond saying that they're infringing upon a patent there's no other information there's nothing that would say well but this is something that maybe would have been just the normal way things were going to go like do they even say what the patent is it's just Measuring blood oxygen. Yeah, right. we have a patent on that. Nobody is allowed to measure oxygen in blood. Right. Because it's our patent. Using light or whatever, in whichever way, which I'm guessing these yeah. little finger things that every time you go into a doctor and I've got one, you know, they're like 20 bucks or less. You can buy them that the ones that clip on your finger. I'm assuming they're doing a similar thing. I'm not sure how yeah. different the sensor is in a watch. And that's what I like to refer to as prior art. Yeah. It's like it's there. The technology is there. It is going to be adapted. If it just makes sense that whether or not, and I don't know if they poached the employees, like, well, how exact is it? Because when we come down to courts and technology, we also know that they're not the greatest at understanding what's going on. Right. They're like, well, they're both of them are using light to measure the blood oxygen level and guess at I mean, what that is. Look at how often courts screw up in interpreting the law. And now you expect them to understand technology. Correct. You know, but Apple seems to be, I don't know how seriously they're taking this beyond. They said they're going to pull all of these watches now from being sold, which I, okay. I mean, I think that's a decent amount of money for them, but it's not their main business. Though I would think that they've been working on a software change where the company that owns the patents like, well, a software change still isn't going to do anything because it's a hardware issue. So they're still and again, the journalists covering this use that term very loosely. Aren't really explaining if there would possibly be a software patch. And if so, as you know, from being a coder. Well, you can come to the same answer in a variety of ways. Does it really make that big of a difference? Obviously, in this case, maybe it would like, well, our patent does it this way, but they did a different mathematical equation. So now that's great. It's a lot of bullshit, really. I think that's one of the reasons why software patents became a thing of the past is see people started trying to patent algorithms and right somewhere along the line, like, okay, it's math. Right. And somebody else could have come up with the same thing. It's not a discovery. It's math. Yeah. Well, you already know my position on uh, on intellectual property in general. Well, that was one of the more interesting things here is that the patent that this company holds is only good now through. I think it was 2028. So this is maybe a case of where Apple's like, well, we don't want to pay you for something that we're only going to get five years out of. Otherwise, you know, once that five year mark hits, we can do whatever we want. Although five years is an eternity in the tech universe. I'm guessing some kind of deal will be made. The interesting thing is they both of these companies seem to hate each other at this point. This company came out with a smartwatch of its own. That looks exactly like an Apple watch. So I'm wondering, you know, there's do you, do you be, know what the company name is? Oh, uh, well, let me look it up here. I you know I had this somewhere, oh, but clearly should, their marketing's not working that well. No, it's exactly. They're like, why is this <laughs> nowhere? I don't know. 
if they had a successful product, we would know what <laughs> what it was. You're like, well, wait, yeah, right. It, because, well, and, and again, you know my position on intellectual property in general. The very concept of intellectual property is something that's only a, a few decades old, but it all comes from copyrights originally and patents and trademarks and and that derives from it, uh, it derives from the section of the constitution known as the copyright clause that says to promote the creation of useful arts congress shall authorize copyright protections for a limited time and uh the the entire regime of intellectual property was created based on that people saying well obviously the fact that we have a monopoly and can put a prior restraint on all trade on this particular product that's uh the constitution protects that but the they have completely abandoned the two what i consider most important parts of that clause in the constitution uh one is for a limited time which i'll believe for a limited time if mickey mouse actually goes into the public domain next year it's scheduled to but i'm not convinced that Disney doesn't still have enough Congress critters in their pocket to push that out again. It may happen. Well, now I've noticed there have been record companies that will drop a bunch of different titles. In this case, the last one I saw was Pink Floyd, a bunch of concerts from 1972 that sound like they were recorded from 35 miles outside of the arena with bad microphones. They still put them out because they can still hold on to the copyright that way because it's something that has been in print being sold. It's sure. kind of an interesting thing Be- because the, as far as the law is concerned, it only matters that you make it available for sale, not whether or not anybody buys it. Right. And <laughs> the, uh, the pulse oximeter tech was made by Massimo M A S I M O, which I've never heard of Massimo. Yeah, I haven't before. either, but, but I've then heard again, Apple. I don't, I don't wear an Apple watch either. So I, I I don't know what my blood oxygen level is. I'm vaguely aware that there is oxygen in my blood and I'm cool with that. Oh, you would know. Otherwise you'd be on the ground. Why is he turning blue? Huh? I'm at the moment more concerned with my blood coffee level. How much you have to mean that the caffeine level is vital. Yes. At least when you're home relaxing, but will Joe Biden save them? Yeah. Let's we'll find out. I think he has to do it. And it won't be Joe Biden saving it. It might, it might be someone in the Obama administration, but it won't be a Biden, the Biden, Yes. Somebody in the Obidens. Yes. It's interesting technology, but you know, all of these things have to be similar. When you look at all the different companies making these devices, if they're going to measure your blood pressure, they're going to have to do something fairly similar. If they're looking for your oxygen level of your blood, they're going to have to do something fairly similar because that's just how it works i mean there aren't that many different ways it's not like a guy can shove an anal probe up somebody's ass and be like oh well here i've got their blood oxygen number i bet you could there's probably uh, (laughs) you know what the apple people might be this is way more accurate i love it there there might be like i'm not into the snm scene enough to know whether or not that's an option you need a Bluetooth anal probe. That's all you need. But if it says Apple on it, people are like, I'll do it. Yeah, it's great. Good news, everyone. It's a suppository. Yes. <laughs> it 
It's got so many different uses depending oh on my God. And, your needs. And, you know, I've been saying for years you can shove your Apple Watch up your ass. And if you really could, that would be awesome. It's a feature. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. They, and they get readings from there. Apple's like, well, to all of our Apple Watch users, we have good news and bad news. The good news is you're going to continue to be able to monitor your blood oxygen levels. It'd be like, yay. The bad news is you're going to have to stick this probe up your ass. Now, if it's some other dude who gets his Apple Watch lost up your ass, then that's a completely different kind of podcast. Yeah, that's usually a different trip to the ER. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. But it'll be interesting to watch. No pun intended. Just to see if uh, Obama, I want to call him O'Biden. Obama did save Apple like eight to 10 years ago in a similar thing. So we'll see where Biden comes down. There might not be money involved, right? No, I can't. Would you think the Biden family might take money for doing something shady? I can't. No, probably uh, not. A, a big corporation doing something shady. Uh-huh. I am, when Hunter I, Biden is on the board of Apple, you'll know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Or your Apple watch will be able to come with Hunter Biden artwork as a watch face. Brand big company deal. doing something shady. Are, are you familiar with a company called Rite Aid? We should do a podcast. That is a, uh, yeah, it's like Walgreens. They're a drug company, right? Little, they're a drugstore. Yeah. Uh, they, they do retail drugstore fronts. And I'm, I'm going to start this by saying I understand the motivation for wanting to do this, but still bad company learn privacy. Uh, the, this story, I, well, I get it from the register, but it has to do with an action by the Federal Trade Commission who determined that Rite Aid had deployed facial recognition for more than eight years over 200 of their stores. Uh, again, according to the register, um, the facial recognition deployed inside the stores was scanning everybody who walked into the store against a database of people that they determined had shoplifted from them in or before. And if the database spotted a match, then it would direct security in the store to go confront them. The database included tens of thousands of individuals, and according to the FTC complaint, many of the images used to create that database were, quote, low quality, including images from store security camera, you know, the one that's 30 feet away in a corner, yeah, or employee not, phones, not exactly HD. or employees' phones, as employees film somebody when they shoplift, or from news stories about shoplifting. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting one. Uh, all of these images went into Rite Aid's facial recognition database that they were scanning against everyone who walked into a Rite Aid store for more than eight years. And uh, again, according to the FTC's complaint, this resulted in, quote, thousands of false positive targets being followed by security, searched, harassed, ejected from the store, and even having the cops called on them, sometimes in front of friends and family. Well, that sounds like a lawsuit waiting to happen. Well, what it is, is a government action. The FTC has issued a, uh, well, I don't know what, it's not an injunction that comes from a court, uh, complaint. No, uh, they, they've issued a stop what you're fucking doing order. Oh, I like those. Yeah. Um, saying that Rite Aid, uh, <laughs> one of the things the FTC claim or uh, complaint talked about was Rite Aid had, quote, never tested, assessed, measured, or documented the accuracy of their facial recognition system before rolling it out. Yeah, that's how software development works these days. Yeah. You, nobody, 
Nobody tests or assesses or documents the accuracy. They just roll it out. We'll just we'll get it in an update next month if the people complain too much. Right. The end user is now the beta tester. Yes. Uh, The FTC says that employees were not trained on the use of the technology. They were just told when this computer beeps, go attack someone or follow. Um, And uh, because it would not be the Biden's FTC without at least a little wokeness, the complaint also says that it disproportionately impacted people of color. Of course, as we've been following with all of the facial recognition stuff. It has a problem with the darker skinned individuals. They are less accurate on being able to pick out an individual. So I'm I'm, honestly, because of that, I'm sure that the false positives are, I mean, it's easier to get a false positive when your system can't recognize certain faces. And that is a legitimate problem with this, but the first place that my brain went was I bet this system disproportionately impacts the people who are shoplifting. Yes. Yeah. That would be the ones. <laughs> and it's like, it just depends on which demographic that may be. Yes. And I prefer not to drop people into buckets categorized based on skin color. But if you're going to have to do that, then there's some cold, hard statistics about which buckets are resulting in a more per capita shoplifting than others. Yeah. And you have to understand that these things are only tools, but there's something that needs to be used because the amount of shoplifting has gotten to a point where companies, as we have talked about multiple times, closing their doors in cities like San Francisco and like, well, we're just not going to have a target here or a Walgreens. Like I said, I understand where Rite Aid is coming from this because especially in Uh, left coast cities like san francisco the storefronts that stay open are just losing their shirts on shoplifting and i would not i would not be surprised at all if they wanted to close their doors but the way that they did it was something the ftc did not like and as a result the ftc ordered rite aid to this this is a this order is what i will refer to as a government bitch slap They ordered Rite Aid to delete any images and photos from the system, including all recognized faces, all biometric data, (laughs) and to delete the algorithms that they used, which I'm not even sure is possible. Yeah, nor would it be. Nor would it make any sense. No. Like Again, it's math. So it's like you have video of people committing crimes, and the government answer is, we'll delete that. Yes, yes. Because. Because the video of people committing crimes, nobody is saying that they aren't committing crimes. What they're saying is there's too many black people on that video. Delete it. Right. Yeah. That is DEI in today's culture. Uh, Rite Aid is also ordered to notify all consumers who were (laughs) notify all consumers who were scanned by the that that's everybody who's entered any store in the last eight years. And and to. And to respond to any complaints in writing. Um, and then finally to install a, or a, to hire a third party auditor for their system to find out if there's anything else that they need to do. Well, and this is not illegal for a company to video and monitor the people that are within their premises. So it'll be, let's just get that as step number one. 
we had a story. It wasn't being used for shoplifting, but we had a story years ago that Home Depot was using this just to track consumers. And if they didn't have your name and address to be able to attach to this in whichever way they were attaching, and you had a cell phone, they were grabbing the number that your cell phone puts out in order yeah, to track the, you via the, the Wi-Fi Mac ID. Yes. Yeah. So this kind of stuff has been going on, but it's only bad if you're catching people stealing with it. Otherwise it's, it's fine. Well, no, honestly, it's, it's only bad if you accidentally dig up some cold, hard statistics that say one particular demographic is doing more shoplifting than another one. And then suddenly it's, it's white privilege in order to try to protect your store from shoplifting. Yeah, because the I technology- don't like I don't like that they did this with facial recognition, but I absolutely understand Rite Aid's problem here. And the fact that the the government who is taking 50 percent of everything that every citizen makes is really giving us nothing in return. We're not even getting things like basic safety from police when they let crime run rampant. This is what you get. Yeah. When you want to defund the police, then nobody's there when you need help and it's interesting because they have to make up their mind with things like this technology with the facial recognition like well is it good or bad you know that would be question number one because i would then answer that it could be racist in the fact that it can more accurately pick out a white dude than a black dude which says to me that it's a racist technology that if you're using it to catch criminals, then it's racist because it's not going to recognize <laughs> more of this demographic than this. Well, like with all technologies, whether it's good or bad depends entirely on the whether the humans using it are good or bad. Correct. And you, knowing the limitations. The, because the, the higher inaccuracy among black people Depending on how you tune that system, what it could mean if if you have your what what it means is you get a lower reliability number. And if you require right. a very high confidence level, then you're only going to be arresting white people. Yes. But if you just throw the book at or the security guard at anybody who gets, uh, you know, 50 percent or more on your confidence index, whatever right. that means. Then, Low confidence. yeah, okay, then you'll get, you know, the, the white criminals and every black guy that comes in, that would be racist. Yeah, well, and then you're going to also be sued if the black guy wasn't the one that was shoplifting and he's like, that doesn't look like me. You know, yeah. I mean, this is, it's again, it's a tool to be able to use, but you have to have other measures in place for verification. It's yeah. simply, I mean, it's, it's a fact that these systems are less accurate with dark skinned faces but whether that disproportionately hurts or helps dark-skinned people right depends entirely on what you're doing with the data yes yeah if you're really trying to match it up to people in order to put them in jail well then they have an advantage because it doesn't pick up their facial features as well as they would somebody that had lighter skin yeah and if you actually made it into a court of law where things like beyond a reasonable doubt are necessary. The very fact that these things are so inaccurate for certain people is a defense lawyer's dream, right? They can just go out and say, 
as far as this system is concerned, you just identified every black person in this courtroom. Why are you going to single out my client? It would have to be other evidence. The interesting thing is, as a private institution, they aren't held to the same level of this is true. You know how you got the information. And as a private institution, I will stand by their right to eject anybody from the store for any reason, period. Now, that's not that's not how the the woke uh, anti-discrimination laws are written. But as far as I'm concerned, private business, yes, you can kick anybody out for any reason. I don't like the look of you. I don't like you chewing bubble gum. You're wearing a diaper on your face. Get out. Yes, there's a variety of reasons. There are only certain things that are protected and there are a whole lot of things that are not. It's like, I cannot eject you from the store because you're white. I can't eject you because you're wearing a shirt that is chartreuse. There are different things. Okay. It's a weird world. It is. Uh, let's see. What else? Oh, uh, Europe. I, the, Actually, this is my only other tech story that I did because I was tired and I decided that I was going to go to bed early last night instead of looking up stories. Well, and I mean, it is there's not a lot going on in the tech sphere because it is the holidays. Yeah, it's that weird time of year when, well, among other things, tech companies aren't in session. I, I think I've told the story about when I was when I was at Microsoft and the fact that nothing got done at the entire company in the month of December period. And it wasn't any kind of company edict. I'm sure a lot of them would like to have got something done. It was the entirely HR's doing. It was because they gave, uh, I think introductory, it was three weeks of vacation, but after five years, it was four weeks. And then after 10 years, you got five weeks of vacation. It was, I mean, a very generous vacation policy, but the company culture was so workaholic that a lot of people just didn't take the vacation to the point where HR, they didn't, they didn't want HR did not want people to just keep stacking vacation year after year after year. So what they adopted, they they wouldn't even pay out vacation when I was there. There was no paying out. What they adopted was use it or lose it for your three weeks or four weeks of vacation at the end of every calendar year. So what happened was you'd get to the beginning of December and somebody who was a workaholic would look and go, oh, I have three and a half weeks of vacation remaining. I guess I'm going to take December off. Makes a lot of sense. And enough people do that at the company that for the few people who parceled out their vacation and want to continue coming in throughout the month, the office is empty. I mean, if you're on individual projects, that's awesome. You can get a lot of stuff done. But if you have to collaborate, nothing's happening till January. Yeah, that's genius then. So you do you do not want to wait to those last three or four weeks. You just get to you know, kind of hang out and do nothing for three to four weeks at work. And from the perspective of project collaboration, it's actually much more advantageous to have everybody take their vacation at the same time. But like I said, if you're one of those people who already took your vacation for the year, you're going to. You're going to sit there and twiddle your thumbs in the office. You're like, where I, is everybody? I had, I, I had no small amount of days where I would commute into the office on an empty roadway. I would go in, I would get all my work done by 1130 AM. And then I'd sit there and go, you know, I'm salaried. 
nobody's checking my clock and I'd leave at noon because there was nothing <laughs> left to do that day. Hey, work's done. I mean, you could probably play ping pong. Got us. Oh snap. yeah. Yeah. With, with the other four people in my group, uh, in, you know, a group of 30 programmers and there's four of them there. Yeah. I mean, the, you could do that. Like but, anybody yeah, want to do like, shots? <laughs> Sadly, I had a commute. Damn. Yeah. That, that ruins that. The folks in the troll room want us to talk about the fact that Comcast had a huge data breach. And I don't really know what more there is to say besides Comcast had a huge data breach. Oh, I have some some additional information on that. Okay. And that is Comcast had a huge data breach. Oh, wow. A lot of people. 35 million records. And I did notice that because I had I do not log into my Comcast account with regularity for any reason. Why would you? Right. And sure enough, like, it's like, uh, uh, we have to reset your password. Okay, that was about it. Which, again, this tells you a few different things. Just if you need to be reminded, do not use the same password at multiple sites. It's bad. Because once that information it gets out there, then you're, if, it's, if you're using your yeah. bank account password on your Comcast account, dummy, don't do it. Well, it... it- yeah, short version. Here's what happens when you use the same password at multiple sites. We know from this show and every other tech news show out there that data breaches are happening every single day. Yes. You have some random website that you use the same password you use everywhere. That website has really crappy uh, IT practices. Maybe they don't salt their hashes for their password. Maybe they store the password in plain text. There are plenty of people working in IT who need to be beaten soundly because they store passwords in plain text. Fine. These people have terrible practices. You don't know because nobody tells you what exactly their practice is. Nobody tells you how they're storing the password database. You just have to assume. And what happens is one of them gets a breach because... Some random employee of the company who doesn't know uh, a keyboard from a mouse suddenly clicks on the wrong email, enters their company credentials into a scam site. The company is owned. All of the data in the company has been uh, uploaded to the dark web, including all of the unencrypted passwords. Fine. Some kind of data breach happens. The moment that a data breach happens, the first thing that happens, I guarantee this happens with every single breach. There are a lot of script kitties out on the dark web who will download the breach immediately, grab the username and password, the usually email and password information from that breach and try it on three dozen other sites. So if you use the password, Darren O, the the username Darren O, and the password I am God. That is your password. Did I just dox you? I'm sorry. I'm sorry, you gotta change. I gotta change something. Yeah, you should go change that. Um, they will gather, grab that information from a company with bad practices, and go try to log in on every other site on the internet. So if you use the same password anywhere else, that account is gone the moment the data breach happens. And and it's not a matter of oh, you find out in the morning, you should change your password. It is the moment that that data comes out of the company, the scripts run and it's the password's already been tried and the logins have already been attempted on dozens and dozens of other sites. It is that fast. You should not use the same password multiple places. You no. shouldn't even use the same email at multiple places. 
that's why well, i enjoy do. just adding the for the places that will do it including proton mail and gmail if you're still using that doing a plus sign then adding any other word you want after your name i do find that helpful because it is not then the same if your email address that was in that now some people may be smart enough to then figure out your you know very very hard to crack system like if your email is darren o'neill plus comcast at gmail.com well then they might figure if you know you really were targeting me to well if i'm going over to u.s bank then i'll put u.s bank work it says comcast but most people are never looking at these things and you'd think by the way you'd think that oh that's a really easy thing to crack and they'd figure it out and if somebody is trying to hack you specifically then that's not a lot of security but if you are part of a data breach with 5 million usernames it is not worth coding because because every you know you might have a consistent system and i might have a consistent system but they might be just different enough that you can't use the same regex on both right. and multiply that by 5 million and it is not worth coding all of the extra cases in you don't it, the the one case that gets you the most bang when you are writing these hacking scripts is let's just take the person who uses the same password everywhere and that gets them enough it's you don't have to run faster than the bear you just have to run faster than your buddy that the right. bear is also chasing but unfortunately so, you're a lot faster now you drop 35 pounds so yeah, that helps now I need so to be armed. What, what I'm saying is having a system, no matter how basic it is, is going to be better than 85% of the people out there. And the hackers don't want to put a lot of time into writing these scripts. What they want is to run the script and get the 85%. So if you can just take yourself out of that segment, it's an immense security gain. Yeah. It's like the gift card stuff that's going around the news sites again. I covered it on random thoughts this week. And the the most hilarious thing was Fox news. Again, I love these journalists doing tech news. They're like, well, these uh, people are using a very sophisticated system to know when the cards have been activated. I'm like, you mean running a script like every five minutes to see if the card has been activated yet? Yeah. It's not that hard to do. It's called cron. Uh Uh-huh. Like once you have the number, almost every one of these places that you could get a gift card at, will allow you to go onto their website, put the gift card number in and see if it's active and how much money is on that card without logging yeah. in or doing anything. Yeah, it, it's called JavaScript uh-huh. Somebody has, or uh, a Python script. But according to the journos, it's a very sophisticated system. Yes, yes, very sophisticated. That script has to be like at least 50 lines. I know, it's crazy. I bet you even ChatGPT could write it. Yeah, but it'd be buggy and have six fingers. Yeah, but it might still work. I uh, I did reset my password, though, over at Xfinity. So I'm just waiting for somebody to brute force it now. Because, I mean, it really, I was very disappointed. They would only allow me to set a password from eight characters to 128. So I said 128 character password, hoping it's enough. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully it won't get fruits. Uh, force attacked i'm like wow okay that's fairly impressive is this what tech uh, guys do the security guys when it's like you have a hack you're like well let's let's just make this really long then you know i was gonna bring up the my usual comment about maximum character limits on passwords but uh that this doesn't apply (laughs) 
Well, yes. the usual comment is anywhere that you have a maximum length for the password, that is a strong sign that the they are storing the password itself and not a hash of the password. Because if you're if you're storing the password, you have to store the whole thing and database fields tend to be fixed width. And so if it says your password can't be more than 20 characters, what that means is they're storing your password and they made the field in the database only 20 characters. If you're storing the hash, you can hash into uh, you can hash a password of any length, no matter what, into th- what 32 bytes or 64 bytes or you know, some length and you set your field, the length of the hash, and then it doesn't matter what the length is. So if you're hashing the password, you shouldn't have a maximum limit. That said, what you just described, 128, is probably a limit imposed by the UI. Like yeah. somebody couldn't get the CSS working with pa- <laughs> the pass if the password field had that many characters in it. So they said, no, we're just going to put the limit on it. That would make sense. Servo asks, what if there's a 65,535 character long password? That would take a while to hash. Well. Yes, it would. That would be yeah. A why? Yes, it would take several milliseconds. <laughs> but that's a very long bastard. You'd have to remember that sixty-five thousand. Remember it? No, thirty-five. <laughs> that's that's what the password manager's for. Yeah, which means you are always one password away from being pwned, baby. Protect that master password. I I protect my master password. I I use a password manager because I use a different strong password at every site. You have to. because of the reason that I just mentioned, but I use a master password. I use KeePass. KeePass is uh, one of the more unique of the password managers. Why? Because the KeePass database is stored here in my house and not in the cloud, which it- means if somebody gets my master password, they still can't do anything with it unless they can also exfiltrate my database. Ooh. Is that a challenge again to the people out there? I'm not, you know, no, because I know people who probably <laughs> could figure out how to do that. I'm just saying the, the master password is a seriously weak point. If you're using something like LastPass or one of the password managers where they helpfully and conveniently store your entire password database in the cloud because, and the usual reason is, Oh, because now all you need is your master password and you can install the app on any device and you can just get all of your passwords from this device or this device or this device. And you know what? I go through the extra pain in the ass of having to rsync my database between my multiple machines so that I can use them on multiple machines. But what does that mean? It means some hacker out on the internet who gets a hold of my master password somehow still would have to figure out how to SSH into my system and rsync it before they get any of my passwords. Sounds like a lot of work. It is. And again, I, I know that I don't have perfect security. That's very difficult if possible at all to get. What I do know is it keeps me out of the 85%. And you can't ask for much more than that. Oh, I can ask for a lot more. You might not get it, but you can, I guess you can ask. Let's be fair. You can ask. So my last tech story is a classic tale of free enterprise crashing on the breakers of European bureaucracy. Ooh, well, the EU does love to be the first one to bring authoritarian yes. rules to tech and then. Fuck and this has up. to do with the the uh, DSA, which I've forgotten what that was called. Digital something act. 
Uh, yeah. Okay. I should probably figure this out. Digital Services Act. That's what it is. I've got notes on it somewhere, but uh, the Digital Services Act was passed a little over a year ago. And if you want to really in depth, I reviewed it on uh, Angry Tech News 31, where, uh, but short version, it designates a set of uh, very large online platforms and a set of gatekeepers that are companies that are so big, they need extra requirements. Uh, once you are designated as one of these huge companies, a whole lot of requirements come into effect for anybody that you interact with in Europe. Uh, you have to, and this is online platform, meaning um, big, big sites, big platforms, big search engines. Uh, when I did the story, I predicted that there would be exactly five very large online platforms that are services with over, uh, over a certain number of monthly users, over a certain number of total users, et cetera, et cetera. The five that I predicted were Apple, Facebook, Google, Amazon, and Twitter are, were the only thing that I saw at the time that would come under these requirements. But the requirements of course have expanded. There are now at this moment, uh, there have been 15 very large online platforms designated. Uh, Alibaba, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Wikipedia, Amazon, Google Maps, LinkedIn, uh, Apple's App Store, Google Play, Pinterest, TikTok, and YouTube. And two search engines have been in the category of the special search engine category, which you can probably guess Bing and Google. Although I'm honestly surprised Bing gets that many people in Europe. So once you are on this list, then a whole bunch of requirements happen. You have to monitor all activity of all users. You have to heavily, heavily moderate. Anything illegal has to be removed within 48 hours. Uh, you are fined as a, the platform is fined. If any kitty porn, for example, appears on your platform through any method and you don't find and remove it within 48 hours. It's the find that gets you. So it's not even the find is what kills you. Yeah. It's not even like, okay, after being told about it, after it being reported. No, it's just, if it's there for 48 hours. So this yeah. just makes a whole fun thing for the law enforcement. Find it. Yeah. Wait for eight hours. There's a number of impossible requirements in this law. Uh, oh, and you must find and label all deep fakes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that, I no, I don't think that happens. Uh, you have to have age verification in place for all users so that you make sure that you are following every child law. Um, it's not enough to just say, oh, anybody under 13 can't use the platform. You actually have to verify that through whatever means. And of course, the law doesn't specify what the means is, but usually it involves things like uh, showing your government issued ID. Um, and then there are strong restrictions on how and who you can advertise to no categorization based on, uh, identity categories in your profile. You can't, you can't, uh, disparate, uh, uh, disproportionately impact people of color, et cetera, et cetera. And because, you know, the internet that really, that looks at people's skin color quite often while you're on the internet. Well, if for the people who for whom the internet is TikTok, yes. If <laughs> okay. if it's Twitter, maybe not, but and in addition to all of that, there are some reporting requirements. They must every month 
issue a report to the European Union government uh, detailing their status in in reporting or in enforcing all of that stuff every month. You just have to like it, it basically means you have to have a, an army of people like an entire department that you have to hire at the company's expense to build up the reports that the EU requires in order to say that you've been following all these requirements. Right. And finally, you have to allow government appointed auditors to see all of your books at any point when a regulator tells you to. And all of your books, that means including things like trade secrets and private data, of course. Oh, of course. Of course. Nothing can go wrong. So, uh, the story is there were uh, 12 of these very large online platforms that I just read off. There's three more being added. Ooh. Um, and uh, this one near and dear to my heart, my, you know, Pornhub, X videos and strip chat. Oh, moving on up. The naughty have been designated by, by as very large online platforms under the digital services act. Now the threshold for very large online platforms, at least the big one is 45 million active monthly users from the EU and Pornhub's current reporting, or at least their reporting was they had 33 million monthly active users, but uh, the verge where I got this stuff went ahead and called out a whole bunch of quote unquote experts who said, well, that number seems low. We're very skeptical of that number. And whatever EU regulators were apparently listening to those experts because the EU regulators, rather than believing what Pornhub said, determined that Pornhub was lying and classified them anyway. Uh, presumably same with X videos and strip chat. I'm apparently not degenerate enough. I didn't know what strip chat was before I read this. No, I'd never heard of it. It's just, it's yeah. not just another porn site. What is this? I don't know. I, I, I wasn't really sure. And I'm not sure I wanted to, I mean, what, net, could it net, be that? What is it? Net net. I mean, you're in, what, what was that service a few years back that, that went viral? That was you, you push the button and it connects you to a random person who also pushed the button. And then oh, like chat roulette chat roulette yeah roll the and dice. and initially it was it was hey you're chatting with a random stranger and then pretty soon it just all turned into cock videos of who who you can you creep out first and right, right two people showing their tits to each other and yeah that that kind of that and was the end of just that. the men yes yeah you run everybody that's no no webcams, it was webcams it was the zoomer it was the zoomer girls who were showing their cocks to anyway oh okay um yeah so I, I don't know. I, my first guess from the name strip chat is maybe this is somebody took what chat roulette turned into and made it a thing. I, I or maybe it's just another only fans or me. I honestly have no idea. And come to think of it. I don't want to know. I'm, I'm pretty, there are happy some things not. that are better left to the, yeah. like, yeah, I don't need to know what that is, but I do know what Pornhub and X video are. And, uh, you know, whether or not I avail myself of their services, I, I approve of, the stance that Pornhub has uh, possibly unwittingly be, been put into the position of championing free speech online, and they're big enough that they have some clout. So I'm kind of behind them on their free speech topics. I don't need to see all of that speech. Not all of the categories are my thing. But um, yeah, so uh, these porn sites are now going to have to. According to the EU, 
whenever interacting with European citizens, European users, monitoring all activity, uh, they have to, uh, they are going to be under a requirement to find and, you know, anybody under 18, they'd better get rid of it within 48 hours. So expect AI bots included, et cetera. Uh, they have Ooh, to find and label over, all deep fakes. But if you're over 18 and they mark you as under, that's also that's you, that's a lawsuit right there. Well, you'll probably be removed anyway because AI, because uh, content farms. You know, if it was me and I were in the position of Pornhub, here's what I'd actually do, because this is going to be cheaper than trying to follow all of these restrictions from the EU bureaucracy. I would set a throttle and I would allow. Every month, it resets at the beginning of every month, 44.9 million people from European Union IP addresses would be allowed. And then you just put up a page that says, we're sorry, the, the, uh, but Europe has reached its quota. Try again next month. Yeah. Or, you know, the, they just pivot into a whole new business. Get a VPN. Now you, I am all for VPNs. Then your traffic is not coming from Europe. Get a VPN in Panama or the United I, States. I'm just or, saying, if, if, if you had a system like this and you could accurately claim, yes, we have fewer than 45 million month active monthly users from the European Union because we block them after that. See, but then a lot of assholes in the United States would just use a VPN into the European Union to use up their porn credits. I'm okay with that, too, because maybe, <laughs> maybe, just possibly, if enough Europeans suddenly lose access to their porn, they might wake the fuck up and realize the bullshit that their government is putting them through and maybe possibly start voting in people who are not such fucking authoritarian Nazis. Hello, can I can you, dream, can't I? Can you spare a pawn credit? Can you? I need a few pawn credits, please. One other throwaway that I spotted in the Verge article was uh, that Amazon is apparently uh, uh, currently has opened a lawsuit within the European Union trying to sue the whatever commission is administering this, saying that Amazon should not be classified as a very large online platform because they do not uh, do social media or something like that. It's the. Uh, Amazon store. Yeah, they that, they make a point. They really Well, maybe. A, I mean, I mean it seems like it should be easier to remove deep fakes and kitty porn from what uh, store listings? Maybe I not. Would, Actually, I bet there's a lot of deep fakes in store listings. Oh yeah. I have no doubt that what people are trying to sell on Amazon can fall into that, but I would think that uh Amazon should be somewhat responsible for vetting the people that are selling on their site. I guess Amazon should be responsible. Don't I make know. me laugh. And then there's something to be said for the reviews that get posted. I guess they are. That is somewhat allowing Actually, people to post content. The review section is a social media site. Yeah. And one of the biggest ones on the internet. And I mean, it could be deep faked. It could be, you know, botted. It could be all this stuff where people looking to either hurt a competitor or pump up their own sales. Yeah, this is very much yeah. like a planet rage. Absolutely, I'm douchous. What? Wait, what did I do? <laughs> I thought this was grumpy old Ben's. Not did, planet. Did somebody rage. just say I'm Larry? Yeah, that's an. That's a hell of a compliment. Yes, it is. It is Cornhub. Cornhub's a whole different thing. I think Cornhub. That's a yeah. That's a different. That's a different. T- um, I, I don't know who covers Cornhub news, 
Uh, if you rare want encounter. Potato Hub, that would be Rare Encounter. <laughs> Those guys, they are always on the top of stuff. They are on other. top. They are on top of each other. They know they are on top of the potato news. They know if there is potato porn out there, you will hear about it first on Rare Encounter. I might actually have to listen to it is an important service. Some rare encounter because cold acid was trying to, and I don't think it's going to be hard to track down, but there is a brand new Coca-Cola in a bottle. Like, you know, you get down in Mexico way in a bottle made with cane sugar and flavored with maple syrup only in Canada, maple flavored Coca-Cola. do you remember I do remember hearing about this on Rare Encounter and in fact I believe that uh the line from Cold Acid was is nothing sacred. I know but I'm like well do you think it's going to be good or do you think it's going to be horrible and which it could go either way. I'm not willing to find out. I'm not going to It could go there, either there's way. There's a lot of things I don't need anymore. I know. I have gotten off I, of the sugary I'm willing soda to believe that train. it might be oh, I'm sorry. I was just saying I've gotten off of the sugary soda train. The last one, though, was, you were saying you've gotten off. Yeah, of the train, the big sugary soda train. But the last time Coke, the only it was a uh, Christmas only. They only had it for like two or three weeks. It was cinnamon flavored Coke. That was actually really good. And then it disappeared. So I'm kind of glad because it was really good. The only Coke I'm interested in is is sour mash whiskey flavored Coke. Well, how do you do that? You just pour a little sour mash flavored whiskey right into the that, Coke. That, that's usually what I do. Yeah. If, if I'm going to drink Coke or any, really any kind of sugary soft drink beverage anymore, it, it, every one of them, even Coke, which people, people who are invested in the Pepsi versus Coke debate are always like, you know, if, if they value Coke, then one of the things they will always mention is Pepsi is too sweet. Well, guess what? Coke is too damn sweet, too. I have to cut it 50-50 with Jack Daniels before I can even stomach it. <laughs> hey, I like RC, man. Royal Crown. I actually like soda, just uh, carbonated water out of my soda stream. Yeah, that isn't bad. That is not bad. You can just add a little bit of flavor if you want. You can make all sorts of healthy That's drinks. what the Jack Daniels is. <laughs> that's the healthy. That's the little bit of, uh, yeah, a little bit of flavoring. Yes, a little bit, like 50%. Just add some of that in. You know, we are a value for value show. I did not know that. Tell me more. A lot of people are confused by this concept. We put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to listen to them. You get to enjoy them. You can even do that live when we do the shows on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time. And there's a bunch of people in the troll room right now. Digi Guru, Blue Douche, Net Ned, you know, the usual suspects having all sorts of fun. Yet uh, the only donations we got today were from Anastasia Treckles coming in with her $10.10 monthly donation. Beyond that, nothing. Yeah. I just, I yeah, that's little, right. That's right, grumpy old Ben's. Merry fucking Christmas. Uh huh. I just had a little thing like, boop, you got a uh, boostagram. And I looked at him like, oh, it's, it's for Planet Rage. <laughs> so it's, people are boosting different <laughs> shows right now. Well, I, I mean, I'm not going to say Larry doesn't deserve it, but he doesn't happen to be on the air right now. True. But we appreciate it, Anastasia. She said she was going to start coming in monthly, and she did $10.10. It helps every little bit keep this show going. I've been watching the Boostagrams. I mean, we know CSB, not only is he uh, currently on a hiatus, but he's still wanting to 
have you follow him. Otherwise he won't give money. I'm like, threats are never going to work. Just donate, I, just donate to a different show. Then I, and that's what he's doing. And I'm fine with it. I, it, it's not a threat, but uh, it, it, I feel like, and I don't quite understand how it is. I'm well, okay. I do, but no other value for value show that he donates to seems to either get this, or maybe they just don't have a problem with it. But CSB does not seem to fully understand how value for value is supposed to work. See, we put out value and then you decide you got value and you send some back. That's how value for value is supposed to work. It's not this do what I want and then I'll pay you. That's called the old model of media. And we are the new model. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is raw capitalism and I appreciate your attempt. However, that's not the model that we're on. Value for value is we put out value and you decide you got some value and you come, you reciprocate. Not where I'm holding my donation hostage until you do what I want. You puppet podcaster. Yes. Yes. And uh, speaking of puppet podcasters, uh, truck driver just came in with 2000 Satoshis. He's got a show on the no agenda stream. Doesn't he rolling on dot show? Is it on the no agenda stream yet? It's music. It's fun. It's one of them. V4 uh, v music it, shows. It, it sort of is. Okay. I it's like on that. the, it's on the super secret. No agenda stream that I haven't told anybody about. Okay. Well, that's a good one then. Yes. It is very reliable, but thank you, sir. Yes, truck driver. It, and, and right now I think it probably has zero listeners because I haven't told anybody about it yet. But it will be soon then where it's fully able to be boosted during all these fun. You know, it's the weirdest thing when I haven't had any time to even scratch my ass. It's difficult to work on stuff. I have so many projects that I want to get to that are being pushed off till January. But he just says boost. And then with 3333, Amdusha says for Bembrose's porn addiction. Well, that is not going to cut it. Yeah, gonna need a lot more than that. Did you have you not been listening and following Ryan on? Uh, no I'm gonna need social? a. I'm gonna need a lot of extra technology to defeat all of these, all of these uh, systems that are being put in place to follow, to track everybody according to EU rules. Yeah, trying to keep you down, trying to keep you from doing what you want to do. Freedom. Speaking of freedom, right from D fucking Detroit, NetNet coming in with twenty thousand satoshis. May your holiday be happy. May your drink always be full. May your boost be plentiful. And if not, the trolling always will. Merry Christmas. I don't think that rhymed. <laughs> well, the trolling will always be plentiful. I've got, I'll, I'll grant you that. And what is uh, 20,000 sats? That might, is that over 10 bucks? No, I mean, I'm, it's the crypto seems to be up, up, up. It is uh, it's moving in that direction, which maybe is why people are like, I don't want to, I don't want to boost people anymore because these sats are getting more valuable. Well, I, if, if you are cost conscious, then just remember the do- the dollar is becoming less and less valuable every day. And therefore you can send more of them. Yeah, you can send them. I was, I was going to say in the mail, but half the mail that I'm uh, seeing that is supposed to be getting to the PO box address is not including, let me look this up here. Uh, but right now, yeah, 20,000 Satoshis. That's $8.71. That is impressive. 
And yeah, if only I had a working node. Another 2000 from rolling on dot show. That's her truck driver says, my show sucks. Don't play it on the stream, Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I assure you it is not currently playing on the stream. Wait, because Grumpy Old Ben's is. This, is. this is what you've always been waiting for. People will pay you not to play their show. I will tell you, though, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and put out a, a call, a request for anybody, anybody listening, which is what all seven of you right now. Some testing you need. Um, I need more to find more value for value music shows. 72 because people right now. Are you sure they aren't all bots? They may be blue douches, but I don't know about the rest. Uh, no beret servo spud the mighty. I think they're all bots. Yeah. Anyway, I need, uh, I, I, I should probably look this up. Um, I need some shows to fill up what could theoretically be a new parallel stream, which I have not announced, which is all, no, not all music because one thing that, that you should know by now about the no agenda stream, given the fact that the in between podcasts, we play songs from six, seven years ago because Sir Bemrose should not be involved in selecting music for a stream. However, what I can do is play somebody else's music podcast show. And so I am trying to collect a list of value for value music shows to play on, uh, you know, there's a lot of times when people want to tune in and listen to something, but they're not really that interested in talk. They just want some music. And that's kind of what I'm going for is I'm trying to put together something that is just all new, awesome value for value music all at the same time. And uh, the feature that I'd like to bring into it, which again, I'm not announcing anything because I don't exactly know how this is going to work, but I'm going to try is being able to connect a new podcast app and having the wallet switching go all the way through from the stream to the show that's playing to the artist that's playing. And it's kind of a, an inception, multiple layers deep of value for value wallet sharing. But that's the idea that I have in mind. And here are the shows that I know about and already have in my system. Booster Grand Ball. Booster, Booster Grand Ball, Before the Schemes, Homegrown Hits, Mutton Meat and Music, Lightning Thrashes, Rolling On Show. Uh, and then here's a couple others. Fairly Fun Show, It's a Mood, Black Cat Music, and DJ V4V, but none of those have updated recently. So I need a better list than the five shows that are still updating on that list. I mean, I think the issue with a lot of these are going to be, people are going to find out fairly quickly that as the DJ of these shows, the amount of money they're going to get is almost nothing. Well, that's what the wallet sharing is for you. If, if you're the DJ, you should be taking, you know, five, 10% or yeah, you should be getting that, a cut on that. You should be getting a cut. I got to figure out how to do that. Cause I probably wouldn't be a, adverse to doing that. I mean, if Sir Truck Driver can get it going and Boobery can get it going, I just got to get with these guys. Like, well, how do you do this? How can I do it? Can you do it live? How do you just, does it have to be already? Play? I mean, I know the Podfather does it live, but he's usually spinning so many plates. We'll get the technology filled out and yeah, figured we, out. We still don't quite have the, t- every one of these right now is an absolute podcasting God for being able to get all of this stuff streaming and switching in real time, but the tools will come and we will get 
I, I, this is this is a growing area, and that's one of the reasons that I wanted to pick up on this thing. I, I am terrible at choosing music. I am tone deaf. I don't know what's trendy. I have no clue what's good music. I am not the one you want. But what I can do is create a place where the shows that highlight music can really go out there. I don't want to be the podcast index for music shows, but it could maybe be the no agenda stream for music shows. That makes sense. Another 2000 from Sir truck driver says I can't boost as much as hereby. Maybe get LB he means has removed the ability to top up my account. So I'm rationing my donations. That just means more people need to send rolling on dot show some donations as well. Show them some love. It's V for V for V. Just don't get VD. But what about DV? As I was saying about the uh, post office box, as of checking a day or two ago, the mail that uh, Will Robertson of Two Sticks, so that's Baron or um, Archduke, I forget his uh, his title, but sent to Sir Ryan Bemrose, Grumpy Old Ben's co-host, P.O. Box 358. That's our P.O. Box, Mokina, Illinois. It got the picture. It took the picture. It got the email to me on December 11th. As of yet, no mail in the box. So I hate the post office. I really hate the <laughs> post office. And I'm wondering, well, you know, it, the, it probably just the, got into the box next to it. But a lot of people like me, if there's nothing showing up, you're not going to check the box. So you could be a week, two weeks, three weeks before somebody checks the box and is like, oh, this ain't mine. I, I, I heard a great away. one about uh, how, how the post office tracking system actually works. And that is uh, it has it's a Boolean state. We don't know whether or not the package exists. And then you switch it over to you have it now. Yes. That's all. Well, this is it. When you do the tracking, it is. It's always like a a roll of the dice. There's never yes. anything all that. It's It's not even as good as your package is 10 stops away. No, it's not. No, it's not. But if you'd like to support this show going into 2024, go to com slash donate. All of the information is there. You can use PayPal. If you hate PayPal, you can use the wallet addresses to do the crypto thing. If you're in the podcasting 2.0 ecosystem, you can boost with Satoshi's. If you want to try Uncle Sam's route, there's the P.O. box. And if you're on the Patreon ecosystem, you can still go to patreon.com. Grumpy old Ben's. Even though we don't really do anything there, maybe we should, but then we would be belittled by bigger shows than us for having a Patreon. I'm all right with that. Yeah. Whatever works to help the show continue moving forward. I think people like the breakdown of the tech world that mainly you bring. I'm just here to sound pretty. I I don't even need to break it down. The tech world is already so incredibly broken. I just bitch about it. You get to bitch, you get to moan, and then you get to do that once a week. It's cheaper than therapy. But we will be uh, off next week. Since it's Christmas week, I'm assuming that you might want to take some time to recover from uh, delivery hell. Well, and more importantly, I'm planning on spending a significant amount of time in in places that are uh, more family and Christmassy than than this location. Ooh, Hawaii? which is to say that I don't think I'm going to be in this house next Wednesday. Ooh, 
well, then you don't tell people that they're going to then show up. Well, I, I didn't say that there wouldn't be booby traps. Oh, I like boobies. Well, <laughs> January 3rd or January 10th. When are we looking at the next live grumpy old? Bands? I think I, I think we can do the third. That's easy. So unless, come, unless nobody donates, in which case, fuck you. If, you're saying, if nobody February. donates between now and January 3rd, it's over. Over, <laughs> yes, I tell you. We'll quit for the fourth time. Yes. Hey, but then there'll be a fifth time and people will be like, see, they keep coming back. So we don't have to donate. We have to punish them. With that said, have a good Christmas, everybody. Enjoy the new year. Don't party as hard as Ryan Bemrose. You are not in shape to do that. And we will see you in January. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill coming to you live from a bunker deep in the heart of Middle America, just outside of Chirac, where Santa better have a flak jacket if he wants to make it to Detroit. And I'm Ryan Bemrose from America's Left Coast. Merry Christmas. And it is now safe to turn off your computer. I need a few pawn credits, please.